for the... What is nothing? Hey, now that's G. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Hi, guys. Welcome to That's Deep, Bro. Serious questions with silly people. I am Christina Pajitsky, your host, um, and <laughs> your host and comedian. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you on your way to work today? Oh, isn't that the worst? It won't be anymore. I promise. We're gonna make it better. So today, oh wait, no. First of all, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to implore you to use my Amazon banner. So when you do your shopping. On Amazon, like you normally do, please use my banner. I, I beg of you. It just makes my life better, you know, if you spend your money with me. Click on the banner. Do your shopping as you normally would. Kicks back some change to the show. What else do I have? Your mom's house. Check that one out if you like something totally different, totally ridiculous. Uh, we are currently obsessed with a guy named Shane Lee who sings terribly. And we tell him to sing songs, and, he, and then he makes these horrible videos on the internet. And it's freaking hilarious. Um, I think that's all the announcements I have for you. So, okay, man, I'm finally doing it. I've, I've had so many requests for this topic. I've been, people have asked me to do this forever. And, uh, it's a topic that's fraught with so much crap for me personally. I think for society at large, I think people are annoyed by this topic. I think, I think it's something that is really misunderstood and and it's feminism, bros. It's feminism. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm the, the grand ambassador for the subject every time somebody interviews me. It's it's always a thing that I'm a woman and I'm I'm like, am I is there ever going to be a day where I just do an interview and it doesn't come up that I have uh, a vagine? And I I'd imagine that's how black comics or like Latino comics feel when they do an interview and somehow that always comes up. You're like, okay, so there's white guys and then there's everybody else. I got it. But uh, listen, we're going to do this fun. We're going to do this discussion my way. And uh, you might be surprised how I feel about feminism. I, uh, you know, I'm not 100% on board with a lot of the stuff that's going on right now. And, uh, well, anyway, let's get into it. I'm going to open this because I fucking love this band. Uh, this is from what's known, I guess, as a third wave of feminism. This is a band called Bikini Kill. Kathleen Hanna, my hero, one of my heroes. She's on Netflix. Uh, she has, there's a documentary on her now called The Punk Singer. If you don't know who Bikini Kill is, pff, you better get your life, okay? Only one of the, like, seminal bands of, you know, Riot Girl in the 90s and zine culture uh, they kind of, they made feminism cool, you know. They they brought it out into the into the punk rock movement, which was heavily dude laden at the time. And Kathleen Hanna was just like this force of nature, man. And she would come out in like you know underwear and a t shirt, but not like in a lascivious way. Kind of in like a fuck you, yeah, I'm pudgy way, which I really admire and I love. 
And she was singing about like all kinds of crazy stuff like incest or rape culture and this and that before it was kind of a cool thing to do to talk about rape culture. Not that rape is cool, but to talk about it was really, I think, pretty far out back then. Anyway, she's also married to a beastie boy. How cool is that? You can't beat that. Okay, let's start it off, man. Let's get wild. Hold on. Make sure my volume's up. I do this every goddamn week. Here we go. Suck my left one. Suck my left one. Take one. Let's roll. my left one man oh isn't that the best i love that song when i was a teenager it's a really good jam i still i still sing it in my head every now and then still comes out so yeah man feminism holy shit how do we get here (laughs) i actually recorded this episode once before with the comedian aaron foley and i screwed up somehow the recording and i apologized to her but we we had a great episode and it's gone (laughs) So I have to do this on my own one more time. So, okay, feminism. All right. It's uh, it's in three waves, maybe in four. Maybe the fourth one's coming. The first is with the suffragettes, as you remember from the David Bowie song. Suffragette City. And those broads, they were fighting for, you know, basic stuff. Uh, like, you know, voting. <laughs> Which, by the way, in Sweden, women couldn't vote until like 1971 or 1991, pretty sure. So yeah, first wave feminism starts during the 19th century, early 20th century in the UK and US. It focused on the promotion of equal contract, marriage, parenting, and property rights for women. (laughs) What? (laughs) What are these broads thinking? You want to own stuff? Did you know that a woman couldn't have a bank account on her own? in the United States until she was married in 1950. Did you know that in 1950, I couldn't go down to the bank and just open an account. I had to be married. (laughs) Ah, That's good. Okay. Then we got the second wave, which is my favorite wave in the 1960s. You know, this is like the whole bra burning and we had Gloria Steinem and we had women coming out of the kitchen, going to work. Uh, There came that great slogan from Carol Hanisch, who said the personal is political. And I think that's really true still to this day, even though I think we've forgotten that a little bit. Betty Friedan wrote The Cultural Mystique. Uh, Basically, like I said, taking women out of the kitchen and into the world. Women are tired of being maids, basically, is what Betty Friedan said. Um, And then my favorite, I love Simone de Beauvoir. She was Jean-Paul Sartre. You know who we love here. I love the French. Simone de Beauvoir wrote The Second Sex, and she was Jean-Paul Sartre's, I believe, student. 
and lover. They didn't get married because that's that was like so bourgeois for them. Uh, but they were lovers, and apparently they had menage a trois with all kinds of peoples. Maybe with well, I got German somehow. Uh, menage a trois. <laughs> students and all kinds of crazy shit far out stuff man Simone de Beauvoir the second sex writes one is not born but rather becomes a woman which is kind of neat uh neat in the sense that it follows along the existential train of thought about like hey we're not born essentially anything man you know what I'm saying you're born into a culture and you're kind of you're kind of kicked around by that culture and you become a product of that culture and that's, I think that's what she's saying, right? You, you know what I'm saying? You can, be, you can be what you want. You know what I'm saying? She writes, man is defined as a human being and a woman as a female. Whenever she behaves as a human being, she is said to imitate the male. Man, that is the ultimate truth. And I, I tell you, I still, I feel that that mentality still really exists. Uh, <laughs> so fucking annoying too. It's like whenever... Whenever you, as a, as a girl, you try to do something, I'm like, oh, you're just acting like a dude. Like, I remember when I first started doing stand-up, people really didn't like the fact that I wasn't dressed up girly on stage. And I got a lot of crap for it from other female comedians, from, oh, hey, there you go. Maybe just other female comedians. The dudes didn't seem to carry it away. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people were like, you're so, why, why do you have to curse? I remember hearing that. Like, it's so unladylike. I had a female comedian tell me, you really shouldn't curse. It's not very ladylike. Uh, I was, I was told from the time I was born, I've been told I'm not ladylike. <laughs> I take that as a, as the highest praise and compliment that possibly exists. So here comes third wave feminism. It happens in the early 1990s. And that's when we meet Miss Kathleen Hanna of Bikini Kill. Um, and third wave is kind of a backlash against their mothers, against the second wave. Third wavers um, are more about the issues surrounding sexuality, challenging female heterosexuality, and celebrating sexuality as a means of female empowerment. Third wave feminism seeks to challenge or avoid what it deems the second wave's essentialist definitions of femininity, which they argue overemphasizes the experience of upper middle class white women. So basically... Third wave comes along and goes, hey, hey, I get it. You white broads are crying about, oh, me and my white problems, cleaning and stuff. What about what about people of color? What about lesbians? What about transgendered folks? What about all of us other uh, marginalized peoples? How about our voices? You know, because Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan, these are just white broads. And that's when we got other voices uh, coming into the into the picture, uh, talking about what's up with the ladies. There's some great books written by third waivers. I like Manifesta by Jennifer Baumgartner and Amy Richards. Uh, it's a pretty neat book. Kind of summarizes what the third wave is all about. And and from what I understand, it's more stuff like, hey, just you know, Barbie is is Barbie necessarily evil? Is Barbie that bad? Maybe some of us like Barbie. Maybe some of us like uh, to wax our are junks. Maybe that's not all about the male gaze. Guys, mom, mom, maybe, maybe I like to wear fake eyelashes and high heels. You hippie, dirty granola, glorious Steinem. Ugh. So I think that's the, right. Let me just look at my papers. That's a big fight in the, and, and obviously guys, guess what? As usual, I am grossly, 
uh, not doing justice to this topic uh, because uh, you know what? I'm not a scholar. I'm just someone that read The Second Sex in college and was really influenced by that. Uh, I'm sure someone else could do a better job of explaining the history. But frankly, you guys, if you want to know the history, you can Wikipedia that shit. Nobody wants to hear that. No one wants to hear me talking about that fucking nonsense. So let's start with this. Here's here's a really interesting thing that happened to me. I was watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame awards, and I never watch these stupid awards yeah, because they're so goddamn boring. It's just everybody backslapping each other in their industry. Is there anything more boring than a bunch of people clapping for each other? <laughs> it's so narcissistic. But I just happened to catch it uh, when Dave Grohl and, and the guys from Nirvana, the existing guys from Nirvana, were on stage. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, oh, what, what's going to happen? You know, I'm a huge fan of that that era of music. And, uh, and they fucking bring out Joan Jett. The queen of of everything rad. And if you don't know who Joan Jett is, (laughs) you got to get your head out of your ass, bros. Joan Jett was in one of what's considered the very first girl band, which is lame because they were actually musicians with Lita Ford. And uh, what's her name? Shoot. She's kind of out of the music scene. But anyway, basically the biggies in that are Lita Ford and Joan Jett, and Joan Jett's a legit musician. I mean, she, they, they grew up here in the San Fernando Valley. That's why, I, watch The Runaways, that movie, The Runaways. It reminds me very much of, of growing up in the valley. Everything's all sunshine, and, and it's got like kind of a, a seedy tinge to everything. That's what it was like growing up in the San Fernando Valley, just bright and seedy, and, you know, there was like trailers where you know bad shit was happening, you know, your neighbor is making crystal meth next door, but it's supposedly a nice neighborhood. The va- the San Fran Valley is all about that, the, the thin veil of suburban decency, because there's always something lurking. And what was lurking uh, was this guy, hold on, what's his name? Kim Fowley, this scumbag producer uh, <laughs> who finds Joan Jett in a nightclub on the Sunset Strip and she's jailbait, man. She's like 15 years old. And he's like, you want to be in a band? <laughs> she's like, sure, yeah. So it's Joan Jett, Sandy West, Lita Ford, and Cherie Curry. And it's the story. It's a great movie. you got to see this movie about this band, The Runaways. So they go overseas. They're like this huge phenomenon. Uh, and they're actually legit talented musicians. You know that song, Cherry Bomb? Is, that's their song. Um, so anyways, they go overseas, the band and fucking implodes, Cherie's on drugs, everything. And this Joan Jett comes back from being in this huge band. And does she sit on her laurels and cry about the demise, the death of the runaways? Does she bitch about, uh, the music business and how sexist and crappy it is? No! Joan Jett starts recording her own music. Like, I love rock and roll. Remember, I love rock and roll. See how good I am at singing? That's Joan Jett. She sends, like, a demo record to every label, and they all refuse her. They're like, nah, you're just you're just some dopey girl. Well, what does Joan Jett do? She sells uh, the record out of her own trunk of her car. She sends her, her music to, you know, clubs, radio stations, and it becomes a hit. And she becomes a huge hit. And, and no thanks to the 
the music industry that shunned her after she was a huge star in The Runaways. And I absolutely am a huge fan of Joan Jett because she does not allow herself to be defined by any system, by any institution. She's a shit. So anyway, Joan Jett comes out with Nirvana and they do Smells Like Teen Spirit and my head explodes and everything is right in the world. And I didn't think anything could get better. But then it goddamn does because then Kim Gordon comes out and then they sing a song with Kim Gordon. And then some blonde girl, I don't know who she, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the band. It was like St. Etienne or I, who knows what the hell. I just didn't recognize her, so I don't know. But this cute blonde girl, she kicks it. She nails it. And then they bring out Lord. You know that girl that we could be royals. You see how good my voice is? They bring out Lord, and she crushes it. They do another Nirvana song with her. So it's four female artists who are really different, really amazing, and they all do Nirvana songs. They do Kurt's part, which is, like, amazing. And uh, so Lord, she does this thing where – this makes me crazy, by the way. I love when performers can perform for, like, millions of people. Have you seen this shit where per- people perform, right? And it's like a musician thing, not so much a comic thing. But they sing the song – they connect with millions of people. They're super into it. And then when they get the applause, they do this thing where it's like fake humbleness where they're like, oh, and they pretend to be shy. Like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm so awkward. I don't know. I just, <laughs> what? I can't believe, are you guys really for me, moi? I'm just this little girl. Uh, so she did that fake modesty thing, which makes me crazy, that fake shyness stuff. But um, But she was really good. And it got me to thinking, like, wow, these these four women from all generations are super cool, especially my goddesses, Joan and Kim. And I was like, I wonder, I mean, besides the other two broads, like, what what's out there today for for girls? It's such a bummer, because at least I grew up in, in a time where we had Kathleen Hanna. I had Shirley Manson from Garbage. I had, you know, Courtney Love as whacked out as she was to kind of be, uh, and oh, oh, the Pixies, I had Kim Deal to kind of be the counter to who was popular at the time, who was like Madonna. Like I remember it was Madonna versus Sonic Youth basically. And, uh, you know, like there, there are always these, always, always these diamond dozen like ho acts, which still exist today. You know, Nicki Minaj, uh, Miley Cyrus, like that totally manufactured pump just pushed out there. Like here, put on the, put on this whore outfit. And uh, just do what the record company wants you to do, kind of stuff. And I even as much as I love Beyonce, like, do you think it? Do you think just once she could? I don't know. Maybe be on stage, not in like a glitter leotard, half naked. Is there is there a time that she could just? I don't know. Be a talented singer. It, it's such. And I know I sound like an old fogey when I say this, but it gets it. Get, it tires me out. I get bummed out. And so I saw this great interview with Shirley Manson of Garbage, and she shares a similar sentiment. And I'm going to play this interview for you. Hold on. Let me find the time code on it. Because I think this pretty much sums up my feelings on the current state of affairs of uh, women in music and maybe women in general. Oh, my God. I'm so controversial. Hold on. Oh, where's that volume? Okay, here we go. This is Shirley Manson. Manson. She's being interviewed. Uh, Soundwave TV 2013, I think, by an Australian woman. And it's so great because <laughs> she's sitting on this couch 
being interviewed and like, I hate this. I hate, I feel so bad for the person being interviewed when the interviewer doesn't look at them when they're talking, like looks around and is like getting panic notes from their producer. So Shirley Manson's trying to uh, ignore this woman's rudeness of looking away, which is fucking amazing. Okay. So this is Shirley Manson talking. They're at some music festival and garbage is one of like, I don't know, five bands that have uh, women in them. And this is the interview. Um, here's why the drama. We're talking about how ridiculous it is. There's five female musicians on this tour, and what, why, why that is. I feel like just over the last decade, pop music has been the sort of most dominating force for whatever reason in the music scene. And there's been a lot of women who are at the top of the charts as a result of that. But I think what someone like me or Haley feel is that there are very few women who are wanting to agitate I guess or yeah, be rock musicians essentially yeah, and not and not just be sort of pretty entertainers you know who are saying the right things and doing the right things and wearing the right things and you know when I grew up all the women I looked up to were sort of provocateurs and they were in argument with what was going on in the mainstream and there seems to be a lack of that kind of dialogue right now for whatever reason I, I, I don't know I have a theory that it's because I feel the world got very conservative after September 11th because you know when, in, when people feel scared they want to they, their natural tendency is to be conservative and pop music always enjoys a lot of uh, popularity at a time when people are feeling a little frightened unsafe. yeah yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting is that what do you think like Shirley has you know she has been influenced by some of the most uh, some of the greatest uh, women in rock like Patti Smith Patti and Chrissy Hine and now Shirley is yeah. a is a role model I think in a funny way someone like Patti Smith and Chrissy Hine like these great icons of rock music they all wanted to be boys or they wanted to hang with the boys they didn't want to wear pretty frocks and be in all the fashion magazines and be called beautiful and sexy they didn't give a shit yeah. And I think, unfortunately, right now, all women seem to care about is how beautiful they are. And they're taking pictures of themselves constantly with their iPhones. And there's a, just a fatigue of, of narcissism. It's totally. It's, and it's like a, the internet, like social media and stuff. It's like voyeurism and narcissism matched together and it becomes this horrible kind of weird force. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know and I don't understand why more girls don't want to hang out at a, a concert like this where there's all these hot boys in rock bands. It's true, you know, like it's that, that whole Wayne's World thing, the schwing schwing. I mean, really. I mean, it's all I'm, here. Yeah, yeah. It's all here, girls. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's all here. Step in front of a microphone. Yeah, but I see, you know, yesterday yeah. I was walking down Collins Street and I saw all these girls um, going to a Pierce the Veil gig. And girls, if you want to meet Pierce the Veil, come to a rock show, come to a rock festival, join a band, you know, and They're very polite. So I say to my friends, they come out to metal shows. Okay. That's the, I love um, <laughs> the interviewer adds nothing to what Shirley Manson's saying. <laughs> and Shirley's so on point with her commentary. And the girl's like, yeah, totally. That's like, I was just like, it's everything. There's so much stuff going on. And they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, that, that kind of sums up my feeling about current uh, women in media. Or, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at, women in media. I don't I can't really talk about too many other things. But this, um, there, there are very few women now who are willing to agitate to be seen as um, unfuckable. 
However, I don't know. I think that might be waning because we just had Patricia Arquette at some award show uh, talking about the wage gap. Uh, Reese Witherspoon on her Instagram account insisting on on the media asking women more on the red carpet than just what they're wearing. I think that's kind of neat. And that takes courage to be seen as, quote, you know, uh, a bit of an agitator, somebody who is not on board all time at all times with just kind of giggling and smiling and, and the uh, patriarchal agenda, if you will. You know, the man... To, by the way, did I mention I'm a feminist? <laughs> I should have said that up top. Yeah, I'm a feminist. Very, very much. And I can't imagine people who are against being a feminist, men included. It's so crazy to me. Like, oh, you don't want equal rights or equal pay? That's really all that means. Uh, equal rights, equal pay. That's like saying you know, you're okay with being a racist. Like, oh, you're okay with discriminating against black people? How about women? You're okay with that? I just, I don't, I never understand. I think what happened is somewhere along in the 90s, you know, Rush Limbaugh, uh, that right-wing guy, kind of, he started calling women feminazis who are feminists and being making disparaging comments. And I think there was a backlash towards uh, the second waivers. A lot of people found it to be, quote, unsexy. And now we're trying to bring sexy back into our feminism because girls don't like to be called feminist now because it's seen as unsexy, right? If you're a feminist, you, you don't wear a bra, you've got uh, hairy underarms and, and hairy legs and all this and that. So now there's this incredible push to put the girly back in feminism. And I love what Shirley Manson says about, um, you know, a lot of these a lot of these girls like Patti Smith back in the day. These women uh, wanted to do what the boys were doing. Um, and I, I totally totally identify with that um, sentiment. And it seems right now that the, the primary concern of women and this, Hey, this is just what I see guys. I call it like I see it is to be beautiful. And if you look at popular culture, it kind of is uh, the, the agenda right now. I think being hot is the primary objective for women. I mean, if you look at television, if you look at uh, something is like the Kardashians that are, it's a, it's a huge phenomenon. These idiots, these Kardashians and why somebody's watching this shit. Some women are watching this crap. Somebody has to, there's 25 goddamn seasons of the Kardashians. And what do they stand for? What do they represent? Beauty first and foremost, everybody's hot. Every the Kylie Jenner, what's her fucking name? Kylie crusty. The youngest one, who cares? The youngest one is getting uh, surgery to look hotter now. And Jesus Christ, you know, the, the brother's clinically depressed. He doesn't want to be a part of the family, and I don't blame him. And uh, man, what a bummer that that's the gold standard for women. I, I think that somewhere that is the underlying expectation, that you be hot all the time, fuckable, ready for fucking. And uh, I love that phrase that Shirley Manson uses, the fatigue of narcissism. Wow. Wow. Does that not encapsulate what's going on with social media? It is an absolute fatigue of narcissism. I got to tell you, it takes everything inside of me to give a shit about Instagram and Twitter and the Facebook. And, and I, I love podcasting because this has meaning for me. This is intrinsically valuable to me. But do I re do you guys really need to see another fucking selfie of me? Do we, do we need to see more pictures 
of uh, the sandwich I had and, and look how hot I am. And if I got to see one more fucking girl holding the phone up and doing duck face, I mean, it's just like, it's so counter, it's so like against everything inside of me. And that's the norm. And it's, it's really scary. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen uh, to society at large. When, when being hot, I mean, imagine today, there couldn't be a girl, a Patti Smith today in music. There really couldn't, you know? Do you think, do you think uh, Patti Smith would have gotten a record deal? No, because she's a dog, right? Ugh. Why don't you wear a glitter leotard, Patti Smith? Why don't you put on some heels, doll it up, be a lady? And, uh, you know, even I, I watch like uh, some, every, every woman on TV, even on Bravo, who I, I think is pretty good in terms of showing successful women, successful women, uh, not so much the housewife shows because they just tear each other apart and argue a lot. But you watch these shows and like every single woman, there's like this archetype of how you have to look. You got to be skinny. You got to have huge tits and you got to cram yourself into some kind of dress that it looks so painful to wear. So goddamn painful. And then you have to wear super sexy high heels everywhere. Your hair has got to be super done up, right? You need extensions or, or whatever. And it's just so unrealistic. It's so, t- it, it sucks. You know, I, I just, I think being a woman these days, it's fraught. It's too complicated. It's fraught with too much, in- it's too much anxiety, too much anxiety, you know, and, and the shit that flies now in the media, the products that they sell would never have flown in the seventies. I'm telling you the, uh, I mean, that stupid commercial where a woman's having an orgasm about some stupid shampoo she's using. I, I guarantee you if that aired in the seventies or the sixties, that Gloria Steinem and, and all these, you know, hippy dippy feminists would be all over that shit, man. All over it, all over it. Um, so there we go. You know, it's so funny. I, I got, I've, do, I've been doing this podcast now. This is what, episode 25 or six, six or whatever. And I, I get some shit for not having girls on. I was, uh, I forget where I was. And someone goes, why don't you have more women on? And I said, well, because the girls that I started with in comedy aren't doing comedy anymore. A lot of the girls I started with quit. Um, you know, in comedy, there generally is a pretty high attrition rate. It's like, you know, like Harvard Law, right? Like one in four people make it to year 12. But I just don't know any. And the ones that I know, I've already had on the goddamn show, guys. I don't know these young squirts because I'm out on the road. But a lot of them quit. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it. And a lot of people ask me about my stance on feminism and this and that. And in my heart of hearts, and this is not... It isn't, uh, it's not going to make me popular with women. This will do nothing for my <laughs> female audience. But I, I got to be honest. Um, maybe it's because I hang with the boys a lot. I am in a male-dominated industry. And I have to, you know, I'll tell you, in, in public life, when I'm on stage, I'm very alpha, okay? I have a, a very mask. that is masculine energy, to command a room, to grab your your crotch and say you know suck it that is that is masculine but when i'm home in my private life i can turn it off i can switch into a more 
submissive way of being because I honestly that doesn't serve me out in the real world to I mean out in in private life to be a ball buster that's fucking retarded okay don't don't do that nobody nobody likes to hang out with a ball buster at home you know you're supposed to be each other's sanctuary you and your spouse uh anyways this isn't this is not going to make me popular with women but I got to admit I feel about women the way Chris Rock felt about black people. Um, you know, uh, speaking as a, as a woman, I love being a woman. I love women. I also, I love men. Uh, but in my world, in my estimation, from what I have seen, there are women and there are just fucking dum-dums out there. Okay. There are women and there are dum-dums. I, I, uh, there are one, there are women who are doing wonderful things who are intelligent, who read newspapers and books and are curious about the world and uh, are a service to humankind. There are, there are women who care for their children. And I'm not denigrating that. I'm not saying that. I, I, I think it's wonderful for stay-at-home moms. Absolutely. Please, please raise good children so that they don't grow up and break into my car for crack money later on in, in their lives. But man, these dumb bitches... There's women and then there's dumb bitches. And I see a lot of these dumb bitches in the world. I see women who use their sexuality to get ahead. Uh, A lot of women who uh, rely on their looks and their sexuality to get things. I've seen it in the comedy world countless times. I've heard stories of women, um, you know, doing sexual favors and stuff for... (laughs) for spots in comedy which is completely insane to me (laughs) because you don't have to i don't know if you know this you don't have to blow the club manager to get stage time um and it's something that bums me out because i worked really hard to not get that to not do that and uh i never opened for my seldom i won't say never but i maybe once a year uh, would open for my husband. And even today, a lot of people go, why don't you work? Why don't you guys headline together or you open for your husband? And I say, no. And I could have done it earlier. I could have, you know, uh, tacked myself onto his gigs early on. And, but I didn't because I wanted respect and I wanted people to see me as an independent person. Um, and I didn't want to just be the headliners, you know, girlfriend or wife. And, and it really bums me out that a lot of girls, uh, just use, <laughs> there or just there's some women who think because they're hot they don't have to do anything like they don't have to work and they expect things they expect to get stuff from dudes because of how they look um it's really crazy i mean i knew girls i and i hate gold diggers too i really don't i really don't get it i, I just don't get it i don't get it I, mistress is not a vocation okay Fucking some rich guy. It's not a gig. It's not a job. And I don't like it. And I know that this Monica Lewinsky wants to come back in the, in, into the media and, and, and whatever. And Donald Sterling's mistress is refusing to give money back that he gave to her. Oh, bullshit. Listen, being a hoe ain't a career. And uh, it, it doesn't get your respect. It doesn't get your respect from men. It doesn't get your respect from women. And I don't understand why women cheer uh hoery like that and i've known girls i've known many a gold digger who 
They get with dudes. I know, I know a great gold digger. Gosh, I remember when uh, I graduated from college, I knew this girl, good looking girl, obviously hooked up, uh, hooked up with a guy, millionaire guy. You know, she never worked. She never went to college, hooked up with a millionaire guy, hoping that that's going to be her meal ticket. And he was for like five years. And she had all the Fendi bags and all the, the Gucci Prada crap. And lo and behold, he was doing illegal stuff for his living. And one day the government comes a knocking, the FBI, and took him away. And she had to sell all the bags and all the crap and all the Gucci, Gucci, Prada, Prada to pay for uh, his legal fees. I'm like, you fucking dumb, dumb. At least, man, if you're going to use somebody, if you're going to be a whore, if you're going to be a concubine, at least use his money for an education, right? Go to college. Knowledge yourself. Rich. But she didn't. And, uh, yeah, and that's kind of the bummer of it. What happens with these hot chicks, though, don't worry about them, because eventually everybody turns 50. Everybody turns 40, and that's kind of... 40 is kind of the, the cutoff age to the male gaze. That's pretty much when you're out of it, which is a relief, I, frankly, personally. I, I love it. Uh, but yeah, girls, eventually you're going to have to develop a personality. Eventually you're going to have to become a person. Ugh, could you imagine being a person? And I, I also, um, there are a lot of women out there too. There's, there's smart ones. There's women like Hillary Clinton, who I love, who I'm going to vote for likely. Uh, and then there's ignorant bitches. There's a lot of girls who consider uh, TMZ to be CNN, and it just isn't. Um, I, you know, I'm really, I, I think it's just dumb people too I don't like. I don't understand why you're not curious about the world. I just, I can't even fathom that. But particularly, I hate to say it, but particularly in women, I've met more dumb broads than I can count <laughs> and uh you know it kind of it kind of bothers me because like I, you know i'm not saying i'm a fucking genius but i i am curious about the world and i i have interests outside of like my husband <laughs> what's that saying um boys have hobbies girls have their boyfriends and i've always found that to be true and i i've always felt like that's it's so frustrating because I don't, there's so many, like, I don't relate to a lot of girl crap like that. You know, when I studied in college, I studied philosophy, as we all know. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, there was 50 philosophy majors at my university. Five oh fifty. How many of those 50 do you think were women? Half? Do you think 25? No. How about 10, Christina? Were there 10 philosophy majors that were women? There were three, three women in the entire department of philosophy. Uh, three, three in a school full of people who studied philosophy. And I never understood why. And I, I hope, I really do hope that things are different now and that girls are getting into more, quote, male topics, science, <laughs> philosophy, learning, <laughs> math. I pray. I really do hope so. Um, yeah, man. And I also think that we're real complacent right now. We really have accepted a lot of 
stuff is normal. Like uh, I was driving down La Cienega, uh going to the comedy store, and there's this billboard of BB. You know that store, BB? It's like the horror store. And there's a girl on the, like a huge billboard over Los Angeles, and she's about, oh, she looks about 13, and her ass is poised in the air like she's presenting. I mean, it just it looks like it's just hankering for a huge cock right in it. But she's advertising not prostitution, clothing. And I'm like, wow, I can't I cannot fucking believe that we don't revolt on mass. Like there's not there's not women just furious at, at the objectification of our bodies using our bodies to sell everything. There's, I saw a billboard women, a woman half naked selling um, like work boots and she's got short shorts on and her ass is hanging out. And I know, I know you people are like, but Christina, it's empowering. She's owning her sexuality. It's empowering because she's owning it. Bullshit. Bullshit. And here's why. That cute model She's beautiful, and I'm not denigrating her beauty. Yes, absolutely, you should you should relish in being a hot 13-year-old because it's very finite. It's a very temporary time in your life. Here's the problem. That cute little girl on the billboard and that beautiful woman selling your fucking work boots, they're getting paid, what, 500 bucks for the billboard? A few hundred bucks. Unfortunately, who makes the real money? Who owns the real checks in the mail kind of stuff is usually a white guy puppeteering the whole thing. And I, 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 Hey, and good for him. I'm just saying, if you're going to put it out there, own it, bros, own it. There should be women making their own pornography. I never, I don't know why women settle on doing porno for, you know, a thousand bucks, but oh, wait, it's 1300 with anal. When you could be doing your own thing, man, it just fucking kills me. It just kills me. And don't buy it, girls. That whole oh, it's it's empowering. I can I can just wear what I want. It's for me. That's my other favorite argument. I I I brought up those dolls. There was this wonderful this woman in um, Tasmania, I think, is is taking Bratz dolls and wiping the whore makeup off of them and transforming them into little girls. <laughs> How novel! How crazy is that? That there's a doll for little girls that actually look like the girls that are playing with dolls. What? You're kidding me. Um, and there's an article countering that saying, yes, but what if a fashion and makeup is the girl's means of expression? Why, how come she can't dress like a whore and have it be, she didn't say a whore, but she can't dress like that and have it be an expression. And I agree. Yes, makeup, fashion, it's all an expression of your femininity. Fantastic. Here's the problem. It's all within the male idea of what hotness, quote, hotness is. It's all, it's all still in the patriarchal view of what is sexy, of what is desirable. If you, if you were like, hey, makeup and clothes, I like to dress this way because it expresses who I am. And you show up wearing a crazy moo-moo and like Ziggy Stardust makeup on your face. I'll be like, yeah, bro, you, you do you. But it, you know what? Nine times out of 10, those aren't the girls that are saying that. The girls that come to comedy shows <laughs> wearing six-inch heels and uh, micro skirts and their tits hanging out. That's another thing. I, I, God, I love it when you girls, thank you for coming to shows. But man, on the, on the comedy store on a Saturday night, it's like, are, the, 
are there prostitutes in this room or is this normal women? Like they're uh, the girls are just dressed like hookers. Everybody looks like a fucking hooker. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's uh it's too fucking complicated. I can't doing it. I can't do it. I can't I've never been able to do it. And I I'm telling you, I'm 38 and I I love being out of the male gaze. I fucking love it. I love that I don't have to wear heels. I don't have to worry about construction workers whistling. All that, it's done. And it's a fucking relief. It's a relief to be a person. I'm finally considered a human being. When I started doing stand-up in my 20s, nobody listened to me. Everybody, oh, there's some cute little blonde chick. What, what is she going to say? But now I'm a grown-ass woman. People actually listen. And it's fantastic. I'm, I'm practically a dude. People actually listen to what the fuck I'm talking about. It's amazing. I don't think I told you this, but I, I went to the Middle East a few years ago and I got to wear, um, what is that called? Hijab? The traditional, not a burqa. I know everybody thinks it's a burqa. It, the burqa covers your, your whole face with just your little eyes poking out. <laughs> I didn't wear that. I wore hijab, which is like the head scarf. And then, you know, the, the, that's, cloak that makes you look like the ghost from pac-man that thing and i went to the middle east and i got to wear that in saudi arabia and i got to wear that somewhere else in the uae and i just did it just to see what it would feel like and i have to admit it i fucking loved it i loved it i loved that i wasn't subject to weird glances i wasn't it, it was like it was probably what it feels like to be a dude where you're like, oh, I can just go somewhere without some weirdo um, trying to hit on me. I just threw up my own mouth a little. Um, Cause that's really what it, it's. It's like, I tried to explain this to my husband. Like, um, and it's great that we're talking about things like rape culture now. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, the wage gap, but rape culture. It's interesting. Cause like I, I kind of had to explain it to my husband and I think he gets it now. It's it's little shit like uh, walking to your car and always thinking like, oh, is today the day some creeper is going to assault me and steal me and throw me in a van? Um, you're constantly, I, I am anyways, and that's probably due to my parents' um, horrendous upbringing, teach, I mean, you know, teaching me horrendous things, to be constantly afraid and in a state of panic. Um, but I am always like, Oh, is that guy gonna, mm, I got to wear sunglasses inside the grocery store. Cause I don't want to make eye contact with that creepy checkout guy. Cause he's going to say something. And then who knows, he might follow me home and then if I can steal my body and, mm, mm, um, yeah, but the burqa, I mean the, uh, the hijab was like freedom from all of that. And I don't think Islam, Islam doesn't hate women. They're, uh, it's the extremists that, that kind of, um, twist that message around obviously so i don't i do not equate islam with woman hating by any any stretch uh it's, it's the extremists that screw all that up but what else did i want to say hold on hold on hold on but there is cool stuff happening now that i do see oh oh here's what i wanted to say listen all this shit all this theory um i i, I don't know it all and i'm not i can't, I can't do it the truth of it is what matters in society for women don't worry about the 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 makeup debates don't worry about the uh, big objectification debates 
Don't worry about the sexual liberation debates. Fuck all that. You know why? The only thing that matters truly in society is power. And to, to quote my absolute favorite comedian, Roseanne Barr, nobody gives you power. You have to take it. And uh, you can let theory define you. you can, I, can, I can let society tell me uh, I should be ladylike. I've been, I've been hearing that since I was a little girl. I can, I can get bummed out when I, I see or hear a news story about some misogynistic crap or some anti-abortion crap. And it does bum me out. I'm not saying it doesn't. Um, you know, I can get bummed out that there aren't as many women directors or as many female comedians in the world. But I'm not gonna. Because I don't let that shit define me. And I certainly hope that you don't let the world define you either, man or woman. Don't let them tell you who you are. Don't let them put limits on you. Don't let other people's fear limit what you do. And I don't listen to it anymore. I used to be real hung up on this uh, feminist labeling and what's, is that misogynist there? And and what does that person do? Is that transphobic? Is that, and it, it exhausts me to some level. Because at the end of the day, if I'm worried about, am I being slighted here? Is this an anti-female thing here? Then I can't do the work that I'm supposed to do, which is this show, which is writing jokes, which is trying to be an agitator, which is trying to be subversive, uh, which is putting myself out there every day to challenge whatever I see as being ridiculous. And that, that's what I hope you do listening to this and I, maybe you're listening to this maybe you're not a white male great if you are a white guy great enjoy it enjoy that shit man you're so lucky god damn it enjoy being a white guy if you're not if you're everyone else <laughs> don't let them tell you who you are don't you dare don't you dare let them call you fat women by the way fuck that if you believe in thigh gap if you're worried that your thighs aren't aren't perfect and there's not a gap in your thighs. You know that's a thing now, thigh gap. If you're worried about that, kill yourself. Fuck you. Fuck you for being dumb enough to fall into that trap. Don't you dare. You, you're, I hope your legs get eaten by sharks because you don't deserve to have legs if you're going to worry about crap like that. Worry about your family. Worry about your kids. Worry about equality. Worry about the wage gap, damn it. Fuck all that. Fuck the cosmetics industry. You don't need to buy half the shit they tell you. There's some stuff that's good. <laughs> there's some great stuff to buy, but you don't need all of it. You don't need all of it. You don't, you're perfect. Don't worry about it. Can I tell you something too? If you're worried about, uh, your, your, the skin cream you need to buy and and the fake lashes and the Botox and the blah, blah, blah. Yes. In moderation. Great. If you're worried that men won't like you, then you don't know dudes. Okay. I, I don't know a guy out there who was, has kicked a naked girl out of his bed because she was uh, too fat or her thigh gap wasn't pronounced enough or her Botox wasn't on fleek enough. Her eyebrows weren't on fleek enough. <laughs> Guys are just thrilled you're there in my, in my experience. And they'll have sex with girls who don't even have legs. They don't care. So don't, 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 don't even care about that stuff. Really? <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> Here's what you should care about as people, as anybody, as uh, as any non-white male listening to this. As Marx said, the economic dictates the social. The economic dictates the social. What does that mean? He who has the money has the power. 
Remember we read our Foucault? Foucault said, uh, it's not that. He said that knowledge is power. And I think it's somewhere in between. It is money and knowledge. Those equal power. Whoever controls the dollars has the power. And women, unfortunately, uh, we are taught not to talk about money. We are taught to uh, not ask for things, to be shy, to be agreeable, um, to not be obnoxious or bossy. (laughs) And I got to tell you, if you're a woman and you're in the working world, get some male mentors. Okay. I hate to say it, but the dudes know what the fuck they're doing. I have, I have male mentors in this business who I, I call and I ask advice from. I ask my husband constantly, what are you making? What did you make on that? How can I get more money on this, that, and the other? Ask dudes what they make. I'm telling you, ask them and then you go fucking fight for what you deserve because they ain't going to just give it to you. Nobody's going to give it to you. And this wonderful lesson I learned from men is that they ask for shit that they don't even deserve. And I love it. I love male entitlement. And I don't, I'm not a player hater. I see it. And I say to myself, I'm going to learn to do that. And that is just what I've done. And I I'm telling you, don't watch how the men do it. Watch how the men do business. Uh, There's a lot of stuff we can learn from watching how they do stuff. Now, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of clubs I can't belong to. Um, There are some things you're going to be excluded from because you're a woman, obviously. Okay, there's going to be trips I can't go on with dudes or whatever because I'm a girl. There's some things, but uh, on the other hand, do you really want to be a part of everything they do? No, it's fucking retarded. The economic dictates the social. Get your money right. Ask for money. When I was 28 years old, I was making a lot of money, a lot of money. And I did that by asking for it. I, I believed I was worth something and I asked for that money. And I, I do today and, uh, and I got, I, I know, I know it's scary. I know it is, but you got to know your worth. Otherwise, nobody else will. Nobody else will. All right. What else do we have? Um. Uh, yeah, I, t- I was talking to this guy. He has daughters, and um, he said that his three-year-old girl loves spiders. And they go to the zoo, and they look at the spiders. And she has dolls, and they're of spiders. And he said that, I love that my daughter loves spiders, but everybody else doesn't. <laughs> like You'll actually have other adults saying things to her like, Oh, gross, you don't like spiders? Gross, that's gross. And that really makes me sad that, and, I, and it still happens. It's such an unconscious thing where we, we beat that stuff out of little girls. And I unfortunately grew up in an era, I grew up in the 80s, where like people were telling me all the time, ugh, why are you burping? Ugh, you're so gross. Ugh, why don't you wear dresses? Ugh. I've heard that my whole life and fuck them. I'm never going to do it. But, um, and, and thankfully, hey, my parents... Uh, for all their, for all their emotional cripplings, for all their amazing upbringing, um, knowledge and wisdom, the one thing that they did right in my estimation is to not force that gender role crap on me. My father, when I went to him and I said, daddy, I want a bike. I want a bike. I want a girl bike. I want a bike with, you know, pink streamers and a banana seat and this and that. He goes, okay. And he came on Christmas morning <laughs> <laughs> and there was a bike, but it was like a BMX dirt bike. 
It was black as night, and it, it was killer, though. I mean, it had, like, rad tires on it, and you could do crazy shit on it. And I go, but, Dad, I wanted the pink bike. He goes, the pink bike is bullshit. This is a real fucking bike. This bike, you can do everything with it. And he was right. He was right. And why didn't they make dirt bikes for girls when I was that age? If they had just made a pink version of that bike, I would have been thrilled. But they didn't at the time. I'm sure they do now. I hope. I hope they do now. I hope. But, yeah, it's it sucks because when you're raised in that matrix, you don't always see it. It's subtle things. It's little things. Subtle shit like that. People telling you you should do this and that or feeling obligated to be a certain way. Feeling like you have to do things a certain way. It's really, it's really like these tiny little insidious, insidious pressuring things. And it's fucking annoying. So the point of the story is, what did we learn today? We learned that I am a feminist, yeah, but I don't like a lot of shit women are doing today. <laughs> oh, and there's a lot of cool girls out there, actually. I wanted to give some shout outs to all the female comedians out there. Keep doing that. I think it's amazing. Uh, oh, I see female skateboarders, which are so cool. I was uh, researching skateboarders. Hold on. Where's that cute little girl? God, she was such a badass. My heart was just like, oh, this girl, man. I was just looking at skateboarding videos. This little girl, Lizzie Armanto, is like a powerhouse um, skateboarding girl. I mean, she is just crushing the dudes in the game. And I just love her. Look up Lizzie Armanto if you want to see some cool chick stuff. There's this wonderful girl named Tavi Gevinson, G-E-V-I-N-S-O. I don't know if I'm saying her name, but Tavi. She started her own like fashion blog when she was like 13 years old. How great is that? And is a, she loves fashion. She loves everything girly, but she does it through like an intelligent feminist lens. And I really, really I think those two young girls are just crushing the game. I love it. I wish I wish that I um I kind I wish that I had some channel other than smoking and scowling to channel all my aggression into <laughs> my <laughs> my bad my nasty feminist attitude when I was a little younger person. I we didn't have this shit. You know what I mean? I'm fucking in the nineties, what what were you doing? I was like smoking cigarettes in front of the grocery store. I wasn't doing anything, man. There wasn't there was no skateboarding for girls back then that I knew about. Um hey, sorry if I excluded lesbians. I'm sorry. I don't know. This is not my my tribe. I love you. I think lesbians are the coolest. I think that uh <laughs> they're the fucking coolest because they're outside of like the whole male gaze there's no concern for pleasing men so they really get shit done i love lesbians <laughs> and there you go so there's my episode don't let them judge you oh and i was gonna say if you're a guy and you don't like feminism think about this think about this the feminization of culture is not such a bad thing macho crap is good to some extent but you need to balance it out with the feminine aspects you know it, it kills me when i hear about like little boys, little gay boys and girls committing suicide in their shitty neighborhoods and their shitty towns because of some macho outlook against homosexuality. And that's where femininity and, and, and a lady's touch, so to speak, would help. Um, is it so bad to have a little feminization of culture? I don't think so. I don't think so. It doesn't need to be uh, 
so macho, right? Do we need to have our guns up all the time? I don't think so. So there you have it. Yeah, don't let anybody define you, bros. You do you. Don't get bummed out. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I look at the world, my husband always says, we don't want you never the news. I go, I know what I need to know. Don't worry about it. I know what I need to know. Because if you look at the world too much, you get bummed out. If I look to the world, to the real world, if I look to this world for my validation, for, uh, for guidance to define me, I will be lost. I will be lost, as most of you are. I imagine you look at the world and you think, well, who can I, what can I, what is this about? If I look to the, the external world, to tell me who I am and what I can be, I will be grossly disappointed. I don't do it anymore. I used to. I don't. I pick my role models. I pick. I choose. I don't choose Kim Kardashian. I, I won't choose it. I choose Kim Deal from the Pixies. I choose Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. I choose Joan Jett. I choose um, this awesome Lizzie Armanto. I choose Tavi Gevinson. I choose fucking anybody who lifts me Shirley Manson, I choose women who lift me, Roseanne Barr, into a place um, that doesn't necessarily exist yet. Do you know what I'm saying? If, if you look to what exists, you'll never transcend it. I transcend it. I choose to go above it. And don't ever fucking buy your kids princess toys. Don't you dare buy your daughter a princess toy. You know why? The princess has no power. It is the queen who holds the power. You tell that little girl it's fine to play the princess, but you are the queen. And that goes for everybody, motherfuckers. Be the queens. Don't look to this world for your validation. You ain't going to get it. You got to look inside. Look inside yourself. Look to your heroes. Look to what doesn't exist yet and bring it into existence. That's how I do it, man. I can't look to the world. I get too bummed out. Can't turn on that (laughs) e-channel. Can't listen to the Kardashians. Can't watch the commercials. I can't, I can't be told I'm fat or old or ugly anymore, and I won't be, because I won't watch it. I don't fucking watch it. I listen to myself, and I hope you do too. All right, so that's it. That's been deep, bro. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, yeah, fucking email me if you like. That's deepbropodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to hear about. Uh, oh, thank you. Wonderful. Uh, this wonderful gentleman sent me a book. I emailed you directly to thank you, but I want to thank you again. He bought me a nook book. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Dan Harris's other book about spirituality. Um, I'm getting into it now. And, um, basically it's talking about spirituality from a scientific point of view. It's like to get the benefits of meditation and kind of getting your mind in a transcendental place without all the woo woo type of talk, like the word transcendental that I just used. (laughs) Um, yeah. All right, guys, have a great week. Don't let those cocksuckers define you. You do you, you transcend your reality until next time. That's been D bro. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with philosophize with philosophize with Yeah 
it's Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house, it's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.